Hi again, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls, you are in the chatter zone. Colleen, this is episode number 107. You got that one right. Well, you told me beforehand. <laughs> Joel Bergeson's in the house. I love it. Becky Kropfel's here. I and all, all the way from Wichita is Father Lawrence Carney. And we're going to uh, get talking about the holy face awesome. of Jesus Christ. Oh, right after this, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O oh, most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother, the Word incarnate, spies not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We should say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We should. Happy Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. and thanks to our sponsor, Hotworks, over on Holiday Drive. And I bet it gets real busy about this time of year with people working off their turducken. Well, it's so busy during this holiday time. Yes. They have two L's in their holiday sign. That's they how busy it is. They gained an L, two, two L's. On holiday drive, so, so someone's eating too much turkey and they want to work it off. Mm -hmm. Visit our friends at Hot Works on Holiday Drive. Did I tell you we have another turducken this year? You did. We're gonna. I, I think we'll do it on the feast of Saint Nicholas when we're doing our oh, Christmas idea. pledge drive. Joel, you ought to come on down and have some turducken. Love it. I bet doing you've that. never had a turducken in your shoes before. Are you putting it in our shoes? Mm, no, not right away. No, <laughs> <laughs> not right away. Very good. All right. Father Lawrence Carney, all the way from Wichita, Kansas. And, you know, it was strange how we got to meet, but I'm glad that that we were able to uh, run into one another, Father Carney. And uh, this Holy Face story just is bigger and bigger than you ever let on about or I ever found out about. Tell us something about you and how did you get started with the Holy Face devotion? Well, yeah, thanks for asking. So I was born in the Catholic Church, and I went to Catholic schools. And when I was six years old, I knew I wanted to be a priest because Our Lady of Perpetual Help appeared on a holy card with her eyes. And I joined the priesthood in 2007, being ordained in Wichita. And after being a priest in the diocese for six years, I was asked to be the chaplain of the Benedictines of Mary, Queen of the Apostles. And they're in Gower, Missouri. And that's where I discovered the devotion to the Holy Face because I was writing a newsletter. And I asked, it was a Christmas day, I asked Sister, what topic should I write about? And she says, oh, Father. Right about the Holy Face. I never heard of it till then. And she started praying for me, and a lot of providential things began to happen. Like I was getting books from friends of mine without asking that were on the Holy Face, the mm -hmm. Holy Man of Tours, the Golden Arrow, and the Whole World Will Love Me. So these are the three books about Sister Mary St. Peter, who received the revelations from right. Jesus. And then Venerable Leodopont, who was a great promoter of the Holy Face. And then St. Therese of Lisieux, 
who has a great devotion to the holy face, but it's a secret. So few people know about it. So in a nutshell, that's how I came to the holy face. And Father, you were talking about Sister Scholastica, right? That's right. Sister Scholastica. Yes. So, Joel, you know something about her. Well, no, I, I know from, from, from him, and I've been to Gower, Gower Missouri, uh, and I got a chance to touch um, Sister Wilhelmina uh, uh, before they put her in the glass case. So I had that beautiful gift around uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, Sister Wilhelmina was, I was her chaplain and confessor for her last six years. And I discovered after they found her body incorrupt that she became a member of the devotion to the Holy Face in 1977. Mm. So I wonder if she had anything to do with me becoming a member because she was alive when I discovered this devotion. And now she's corrupt. And I tell people, look at Sister Wilhelmina. She stood for three things, many more, but in my observation, she loved the traditions of our liturgy. Mm -hmm. And secondly, she loved not only wearing the habit, but a habit that was traditional, like before the 1960s. And then lastly, she was a member of the confraternity of the Holy Face. So God's pointing out her and say, hey, folks, follow her example. Father, when you were talking about being a little boy and called to the vocation of the priesthood at, at age six, I think you said there were, That's it was right. curious, curious the way you phrased the, was it the mother of perpetual help? And you mentioned her eyes. What, what specifically did you mean by that? That was curious the way you phrased that. Yes. So the Redemptor's priest walked into our kindergarten classroom and he was wearing his cassock, which has 15 decades of the rosary. Mm -hmm. And he handed out a holy card to each student. And I got one. And he told the children, including me, hold the card out with your right arm and extend it and then move her back and forth. And notice that she's always there to help you because she helped Jesus, who was running away from the instruments of the passion. And I saw real eyes. That was my first, maybe only and last vision I've ever had. Mm. And when I saw that, I thought, wow, if a priest can do that, I want to be a priest. So I'm six years old. Six. So wow. That's what happens when you're six. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's great. So where did we go from here? You uh, you went to Gower, Missouri. You were with the uh, sisters over there. You're learning about the uh, uh, the earthly trinity. Uh, Sister Mary Peter and Louis uh, Dupont, I believe, and and Saint Teresa, Saint Therese. That's where, right. Where, where do we go from there? So I was reading these books and. These books came to me over the course of one year. So one person from North Carolina, one person from New Jersey, and one person from another state, I can't remember, maybe Texas. And I'm reading The Holy Man of Tours, which is about Venerable, Venerable Leo de Pont. And I'm just eating it up. And one of the things that was so important to me was November 11th. Because St. Martin of Tours 
That's his feast day. And Venerable Leo de Pont actually grew up in Martinique in the Caribbean. So St. Martin's there. And he was drawn to tours because he had a daughter that uh, needed to be taught. And her mother passed away. But on her deathbed, she said, have her taught by the Ursulines and tours. So this is how St. Martin brings uh, Venerable Leo de Pont to tours. And then Sister Mary St. Peter she wanted to become a Carmelite, but no place was open. So on the Feast of St. Martin, she went to a chapel that had his relics out, and she asked him for this desire to be a Carmelite, even if it was in his diocese, because he was a mm -hmm. bishop of Tours in the 4th century. So she leaves the world on November 11th, about a year later, and enters the Carmel and Tours. And I'm reading this. My birthday is November 11th. <laughs> so I'm like, I've got to do something about this. This, Why doesn't anyone know about this devotion to the Holy Face? And and it's those two. They were like the battery, you know, like the pitcher and a catcher in a baseball game. Right. Mary St. Peter was getting the locutions from Jesus about this wonderful system called the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face later on. And Venerable Leo Pont was a great promoter because he was such a holy man that towards the end of his life, he performed over 6,000 miracles with an image of the holy face like the one behind me. And it's an amazing story. And so I'm just Father's like... Well, you know, I was just going to say, we have a big church and I have never heard of this guy, but this story is fascinating. I am for sure going to look him up. Now you, um, Joel and Becky, are more familiar with it because you're involved with the cynical of the Holy. Are you more familiar with the names? Correct. We we pray the Holy Face sure. um, nightly, Father. Oh, we, good. Uh, there's a group of us that uh, dial in every evening, and we say the chaplet every evening. So, Father, tell us why why we need the Holy Face devotion now. What is yeah. so important? I think people need to know what is it about the Holy Face devotion that is so needed? Well, it's been needed, but even more so now. Yeah, well, that's a great question because this devotion came out in the 1840s mm. and it was popular for a while, but it went away and Jesus said that it would come back again strong. So the reason why to answer your question is this devotion is about reparation to the face of Jesus Christ. And blessed Pope Pius IX said that reparation is destined to save society. And the revelations will answer your question, the main one. Jesus told Sister Mary St. Peter that it's for two sins that my father's greatly offended, and that's blasphemy and profanation of holy days of, of Sundays and holy days of obligation, not observing the Lord's day. And Jesus continues, and my father's not going to punish the human race so much with the elements, but with the scourge of revolutionary men. So let that sink in for a minute. And what year was this? This was in the 18, between 1843 and 1848, right before the Communist Manifesto was released. Oh and Sister, 
supposedly never have heard of the word communism yet in her private revelation she received this this um her, this pronoun this uh calling them out by name and that's very rare in private revelation that they're called out by a certain group he calls jesus called out communists are the greatest traitors to the catholic church because they grew up in the shadows of the cathedrals in Christendom, and they left the church and became the greatest enemies of mm. Christ, his face, and the church. Mm. You know, when you were mentioning the uh, reparation for the two great sins of the time, it seems like those were the two sins that Our Lady of La Salette mentioned, blasphemy and profanation of Sundays. I'm trying to remember the year of La Salette. Was it like 1860? Or I think it was a little bit mid mid 1800s i'll have to look it up on a break but it goes it seems to be dovetailing with the time of the holy face devotion um and those those sins and who today gives a second thought about the sins of blasphemy or profanation of sundays That's nobody right. nobody not even right. a second thought everybody works on sunday people don't go to mass on sunday People take the name of the Lord in vain all the time. Sporting events. It's probably Sunday. the most popular yeah. two sins to commit. Mm -hmm. yeah, so is. no wonder reparation for those two sins is so important. Father, go back in your uh, comment. You said that, uh, and I believe you were quoting our blessed Lord Jesus, saying that the the chastisement would come through evil men or revolutionary. revolutionary men, but not through nature. Are, are we to uh come to know about that in that um how do i want to say this father that uh the chastisement would not come through a flood would not come through uh nature fire and brimstone but would come through uh society these revolutionary men is that is that a fair statement it's somewhat fair to say and the words were not so much the elements not so much nature but directly the scourge of revolutionary men wow. and fire could actually happen and it's very likely because our lady of fatima talks about that but before the fire before whatever elements the scourge of revolutionary men is a wake-up call because you can just look around the news everything is so sad in the news because the revelation the revolution is getting the upper hand because there's not enough holy people in the world to stop it. And so this devotion is not very new. It's really old. It's from the Old Testament, but it stresses points that we have forgotten as a Catholic church and as a human family. And that's basically this, Leviticus 26. If you follow all of my commandments, I'll give you the blessings. But if you don't, you're going to get these curses and the curses are four times longer than the blessings. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, if we don't get the first three commandments right, number one, two, and three, that deal with giving God true reverence, how can we get the other seven right? Mm -hmm. Because one tablet deals with God and one tablet deals with justice, which is due to our neighbor. You know, everyone deserves to have... Um, to be treated right and that's what the last seven commandments are but god needs to be given his rights too we we need to stand up for the rights of god and that's what this devotion helps so many people do 
is to stand up for Jesus. Because his face was went through so many torments during the Passion. They put a, a towel over his head, a, a bag, because his, his face was most likely bright in that dark uh, trial room. And they had a lantern when, when Judas came to kiss the face of Jesus with the kiss of betrayal. And I can go on and on about the instruments. And one thing that Jesus told sister, oh, that I wish there would be clients who would take the instruments that were used to punish me and hurl them, the cross and the other instruments, hurl them at the enemy. And I tell people that's hurling it at the demons and their agents. The demons are done. They, there's no way they're going to get to heaven. That's just dogmatic theology. But human beings are agents of these demons. They can still have conversion. So these instruments can be hurled at them in a mystical way by our prayers for them to convert. Because if the enemy, if the revolution starts to have division, it's going to fall apart. And that's also in the Old Testament in the second book of Paralopinum. Chapter 20, King Jeroboam set the singing men out on, in the vanguard during a battle. And the enemy, when they heard the praises of God, they didn't know what to do. So they started fighting with each other and then they killed each other. So that's what this devotion can do mm. is it can start interference with the revolution and get them to fight against each other. Father Lawrence Carney out of Wichita, Kansas, is our guest right now. This is the uh, chatter, 107th episode colleen mm -hmm. and we're going to come back and talk about what uh what the remedy is father began talking about that we're going to we're going to pick that up on the other side of the break on fm 98.3 kcrd We're back. This is the uh, 107th episode of The Chatter, and uh, this is really the hair on the back of my neck starting to stand up here, Joel. What, what do you say? I'm loving it. All right. Yeah. Colleen, you found out more about La Salette. I did. Uh, uh, while we were on the break, I looked up, and the um, vision of La Salette, where Our Lady appeared to two young shepherd, a young shepherd girl and a young shepherd boy. They were uh, 15 years old and 11 years old. That was in 1846. Now, you had mentioned that um, the holy face was between 1843 and 1848. So that's the same time. Yes, that's right. And what happened is Jesus said that um, if this message is not given its chance to come out, then it will be it will go somewhere else. And so La Salette was the fulfillment of that promise because mm -hmm. during the course of sister's life, she was silenced by the archbishop and she obeyed that. So private revelation continued to happen at La Salette because La Salette, what's Our Lady? She's got the instruments of the passion, Our Lady there with, if you ever see uh, an image or a statue of her, she's got flyers and nails and she's crying. So it's really neat how in private revelation, the story continues. And the parable is how do we connect all of approved private revelation? That's how we get the story 
of how to go forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you're piecing the the devotion to the holy face through uh, a variety of private revelations, historical accounts of saints, um, and, and perhaps even attributing it to your your sisters, your nuns down in Gower, uh, Missouri, Father. It's quite yeah, a tapestry. A lot of the private revelations that are authentic there, it's like a tapestry. They're connected. Like there's this very little heard of devotion or re- revelation called Our Lady of Revelation. And it was approved by the Bishop of Rome. That is. Never heard of it, Father. What is never it? Never heard of it. Pope uh, Pius Twelfth, And what happened is this man, Bruno, he became an apostate and he wanted to kill the Pope. And Our Lady appeared in a, a park and she revealed to him how he needs to change his mind. And he became a great defender of the Pope. And why there's a connection here is Our Lady talked about how people that are truly praying with their heart are like arrows that shoot to heaven and get the attention of God. And the connection to the revelations about the holy face his sister was given the prayer called the golden arrow prayer and jesus said this prayer would be unlike the poisoned arrow of blasphemy that wounds the heart of god that a golden arrow would be like sweet arrows that would console and open up the sacred heart wow. to have a torrent of mercy hmm. Father, in your book, your book was excellent, uh, The Secret of the Holy Face. Thank you. It was full full of great information. It was like drinking from fire hose for me, Father. I was just trying to take it all in. Anyway, you talk about the three veils of the Holy Face, the three veils of Jesus. And the, the veil of Veronica was his passion, the veil of the Shroud of Turin, his death. And the other one, the veil of men. Manapello, I'm not as quite familiar. That was his resurrection. I'm not quite familiar with that veil. Yeah, the veil of Manapello is in Italy. And Pope Benedict XVI went to visit the church where the veil is. And after he left, he raised it to a minor basilica, that church. So the veil of Manapello, in my research, and this isn't dogma, dogma, but it seems to be the napkin that is talked about in the gospel that covered the face of Jesus. Because, you know, you have the Shroud of Turin, but the napkin uh, was a special cloth that was used to bury priests with. And it was sewn together out of a material called mussels from the sea. And this is a lost art. There used to be people who knew how to take this and make it into a tapestry. Well, what we think happened is when Jesus rose from the dead, he made him his imprint on that. And that's why it would be considered the object of the resurrection. Whereas the miracle on the veil was during his passion. And whereas the Shroud of Turin, it shows the blood stains when he was dead. Mm-hmm. So each of them has a different theme and a different system to it. 
the veil of Veronica has a whole system called an arch confraternity. And this system was given to us to combat the revolution. And basically it's a mystical army that has marching orders from our general, the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of the holy name of God. And it just tells us Catholics how to live today. A lot of people come up to me in 2018 and 2019, Father, what can I do? I don't know what to do. And I didn't know what to tell them. But when I discovered the depths of this devotion, I started telling them, here's something we can do. Because this system was revealed by our Lord to a humble nun, approved by the archbishop, and it was made an arch confraternity, and it was stamped with the rubber stamp by a pope, Pope Leo XIII. And that's what Jesus said to Sister Mary St. Peter. During the revelations, Jesus wanted her to make this become known to the archbishop that it would have a canonical foundation. And as a priest, knowing canon law, when I saw this private revelation had not been promulgated to the world in a way that everyone knows about it, I saw this was a great opportunity. This has such great potential. And it goes back to the time before I was a seminarian. I was an investment analyst. And my job was to look at small companies and look at their ratios and tell our investment committee, hey, these guys, we need to get them. And we need to sell these other guys because their ratios are going bad. Well, when I saw this devotion and Vera Oliva Pont performing 6,000 plus certified miracles, a layman, very few people know about him. He's not a saint. Wow. Why would God give so much foundation to a devotion that nobody knows about? And that's where we're at. And it just fits into the very problems that we have in the world. And it makes people happy. So many people, we just had a conference of the Holy Face. It's our third one in Wichita. And it's always around November 11th because St. Martin is one of the patrons of the Arch Confraternity. And we had it maxed out at 130 people. We had a solemn high mass all three days, solemn vespers. People are still living on cloud nine. I was with my mom and dad last night. We were just talking about how much fun it was to give God such great honor and worship and to have priests talking about the holy face of Jesus and solemn vespers. Uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, who was a great member, she became a member in 1885 when this arch confraternity was approved by the Pope. She said, every other page of the Psalms, it seems like the face of God or his holy name jumps out at me. And that's what happens when people get involved with this devotion is devotions make us more tender towards certain aspects of God or his church. And so it's just, it's, a, it's just amazing to see we're at the very beginning, I think, of this wonderful devotion. I think it's going to be as big as Divine Mercy someday. But mm -hmm. very few people know about it now. So it's, it's now is the time to get in because... One of the requirements is to encourage other people to join. And so when nobody knows about it, it's easier to get people in because they don't, they're not joined yet. Father, talk about that for a moment uh, to the, uh, the listener who might be somewhat skeptical here now. 
<laughs> you and I both have a great devotion to divine mercy, but, you know, is there a possibility that people are devotioned out that, well, th we've got the first Friday devotion, the first Saturday devotion, uh, the first nine, nine Fridays, the first five Saturdays, the, the, uh, the divine mercy chaplet and flame of love. The, the flame of love. And now we have the Holy face here. Uh, I, now I'm big fan of them, Joel. I, I haven't met a chaplet that I don't like Becky, <laughs> but, but uh, father talk about that in, in the context of the importance of, of this devotion and, and the other devotions that we've just mentioned. Sure. There's many ways that this can be discussed. One of them is, for example, Oscar Delgado is going to dedicate the year 2024 to the devotion to the Holy Face. So some people like to just focus one year on a certain devotion, and the other ones they have, they might lessen. So that's one way to do it. Another thing to know is I tell people this devotion doesn't really add a lot more time to devotions. It may be 30 seconds to a minute a day required, and then about 30 minutes a month to a monthly meeting. But what I tell people, tell your confessor or your spiritual director that this devotion really enhances the other devotions because it helps us to have a light that, at least for me, that I would not have had about the current revolution that's underway. So that's Two possibilities. And another thing is God draws people to certain devotions. So people that are like, wow, I really want this. I just feel I see so many providences. People have been talking about it. This I get this holy face. You know, any example. Then that's God showing you. You need to really be serious about inqu inquiring about uh, adopting this devotion. And some people are drawn to other devotions. And this isn't for them. So don't force it. God wants you to be devoted to certain aspects of God because of his divine mysteries. Because we need people to do the divine mercy. We need people to do the, the flame of love. Mm -hmm. We need people to do the holy face. Now, the holy face, what I found is people that like to be militant, church militant, this devotion's for them. Because this devotion is about an army and the three patrons are military saint michael the archangel mm -hmm. saint martin who was a roman soldier and then saint louis who led the seventh crusade so if people like to do stuff like fight but they, we really can't do it physically but we go into the interior and the mystical battle that's what this devotion god draws people that want to have that catholic fight in them that's fighting for the rights of god and that's what jesus told sister mary saint peter how i wish that you would be like an artless child who would defend the rights of his sovereign of his king and so when god is blasphemed when god is put down i want to stand up and say who is likened to god like saint michael did and that's what his name means it's, it's reparation you devil you wretches who are you to be talking against God and blasphemy? That's what I love about this, is we can stand up for God in a militant way because he's our king. 
Christ is our king. Well, that explains why Joel's here, I guess. <laughs> you name-dropped Oscar Delgado a while ago, Father. We should explain that uh, Oscar is the producer of the movie entitled St. Michael from, was that two years ago with that it was in theaters? Three years ago? I've lost track of time. But uh, shout-out to Oscar. And uh, I, I think he's got another movie that he's producing now that you won't tell me about <laughs> probably doing that. You mentioned also the revolution. We've got about uh, three minutes, Father, before the next break. And you keep referring to the devotion, the militancy of, of the, uh, the the devotion and the chaplet. And, and, but tell us more. Go deeper into the, into the revolution part. Yeah, so, you know, there's talk about the deep state, the deep church deep central banking system. So that's a code word for the revolution. And also the revolutionists, they change their name constantly. One uh, one era they're called the communists, another era they're called Planned Parenthood, you know. And Jesus said to Sister Mary St. Peter, the revolution will call itself according to the caprice of the time, whatever is going to be favorable to them. So that's the revolution is against God and against Christians, us Catholics. So typically we think of when I hear the scourge of revolutionary men, I think French Revolution, I think the communist revolution, I think the you know Chinese, the I think the world, the scourge of revolutionary men in the world. But you mentioned the deep church. So a scourge of revolutionary men inside the church? Oh yeah. That's one of the, the ploys of the Freemasons and communism is they wanted to attack from within. And when the Freemasons killed the Cardinal Secretary of the Vatican in 1849, that was it. That was they were trying to get inside the church. And we got Bella Dodd, we got Archbishop Fulton Sheen. These things, there's a book called Infiltration that talks mm -hmm. about how they've mm -hmm. done. And it's a Trojan horse, and God is allowing this so that the remnant Catholics can stand up and fight because God loves to see a soul fight for him, for God. So maybe so, at this time in the history of the church, when there is a lot of people saying that the church has been infiltrated, um, with Freemasonic men, if not card-carrying members of the Masons, at least they like-minded. I mean, we're hearing a lot about the brotherhood of humanity as opposed to the kingship of Christ or the lordship of Christ. So maybe this is a devotion for our time if people, you know, feel like um, they want to fight that somehow. You had mentioned people might feel drawn to this particular devotion. So maybe if people are really concerned about that happening, the revolution in the church, then this might be a devotion for them. That's exactly right. And it's not like fighting, throwing punches in the air. It's fighting mm -hmm. because there's a whole list of ways to fight this that mm -hmm. God gave us, that mm -hmm. Jesus gave us. That's the beauty of it. That might be a good place to uh, take a pause, Father, that big list of ways that we can get in the fight for Christ and pick it up on the other side of the break in segment three. You're listening to The Chatter 
on FM 98.3 KCRD. We've got Becky Cropful in the house. Joel Bergeson's here all the way from the Hinterlands. And uh, he'll talk more about the Hinters next, next break. And Colleen, we'll be right back after this announcement on FM 98.3 KCRD. back this is the chatter what a great show joel yes beautiful i know this is among your favorite topics sure is becky uh let's talk about how to get so father where where do we go from here give us some some action points we're gonna we need to fight fight against these um revolutionary times revolutionary men so do you have some good action points for us i would say People listening to this should discern whether or not they should join the arch confraternity of the holy face. And they need to know what that means. So that means they would do six things in order to become a member. Mm -hmm. Number one, enroll. Number two, receive the enrollment papers. Number three, every day, this is the 30 seconds to a minute long daily requirement. Say this from Psalm 83. O Lord, show us thy face, and we shall be saved. And our Father, hell, Mary, and glory be. And then number four, wear an effigy of the holy face, like a scapular of the holy face, or mm. a cross with the veil of Veronica. And people that enroll with the Arch Confraternity and Tours, they're giving those out for free still. The fifth one would be to spread this devotion by writing or broadcasting like you're doing, or preaching about it or inviting people to join. And then the last one is the monthly meetings. And that's where the League of St. Martin comes in. This is a pious association of the faithful that my bishop gave me permission to start. We're like coaches. We just encourage people to have prayer groups around the world. And we just we just made to 50 uh, this week, 50. We've been at 50 groups. So we've been at it for about seven years so we're slowly growing and that's the best the, the last one was in ireland a group of carmelite nuns so so there's so 50 locations you can attend a meeting each month is that what you're saying father and we have a map on our website that shows where they're at and i also list them by the city we don't want to put the address just in case the revolutionary men want to get us they can't find us but mm -hmm. they know we're in a certain city so that's to scare them the revolution so we're pretty big uh, and it only takes a few good people to join this mystical combat to fight the revolution because as we alluded to earlier when I, we were talking about the deep church it doesn't take very many infiltrators to influence the church and that's how communists work that's how they're doing it in china right now it's just a few people but they're very loud and they they centralize power so how we combat that is we do, at, we're smaller. We can be smaller and fight them. We can be like Gideon's army. And that's what the arch confraternity is. So our goal is that people become a confraternity. That means that they're praying 
this devotion and they get the approval of their local bishop. So that is my strategy for the League of St. Martin is not to promote any devotion, but this one that has been approved by Pope Leo XIII. Mm-hmm. So are, are you able to help groups that might be listening to this broadcast or this podcast down here to set up their their yeah. uh, prayer groups and, and meeting locations, Father? Yes. Yeah, so on our website, we have the enrollment form so people can fill that out. They can mail it. They can take a picture and send it on an email, and they will be enrolled with the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face. Then there's a uh, a map, and people can contact us by email if they want to join a group that's local. And if there's no local group, there's a form for someone to nominate themselves to become a captain. And then they'll leave their information, and then I will give a personal call to see if they're a good fit and to see what strategy we need to, to, to do to fight the revolution in their part of the country. So you, this is a real uh, call to all Catholics. You, you, you've talked in terms of a fight or a revolution, uh, evil men. And, uh, you know, if, if, if how, can, how can we not see um, in our churches and our cities, our, our states, um, situations just don't make sense. It's not right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the most peaceful thing is that we have to have confidence in God because he's permitting this evil for a greater good. And the greater good is when people are fed up with the evil, they become the best Catholics. Otherwise, if everything's hunky-dory, they're not really um, challenged to defend the rights of God. And so people that are just they can't stand the revolution anymore. They're about to pull their head out. When they find this devotion, they come into God's peace because this devotion is full of wisdom. And this devotion speaks peace to the hearts of people that are struggling with seeing their loved ones leave the Catholic Church and seeing the Catholic Church just get smaller and smaller and churches closing and churches being locked even for a period of time. Instead of doing petitions or doing protests, we can do processions. That's what we did during the mm -hmm. conference. We did what's called the procession in time of tribulation. It's a, it's a liturgical way of fighting. And we carried this statue of St. Martin and, and the statue of St. Louis. St. Michael was too heavy, so we left him behind. But we mm -hmm. had 130 people tromping through the city of Wichita chanting the litany of the saints is so powerful wow there was a young man who drove up and said what are you all doing and one of the, our persons peeled off and talked to him for 10 minutes and got his number so he liked it he was just never it was a saturday morning at about 9 a.m we went for about an hour and we weren't just doing anything we were doing something the church has done since the beginning of her institution is making these processions. And it goes back, the Vela Veronica, the popes have owned since Clement I. So that's the fourth pope. And at one time, Pope Boniface IV 
had the Vela Veronica in a church that was a pagan temple. It was called a Pantheon. And he consecrated it and brought a bunch of relics from the catacombs. And he named it St. Mary of the Martyrs. And the Vela Veronica was brought out in procession. And guess what they did it for? They did it to, to, to God that he would not allow the elements to destroy Rome and also to keep away revolutionary men at the time, the Huns and the, and the barbarians. Mm -hmm. So we're just, this devotion is stressing, hey, folks, you need to be like they were to fight this current revolution. And it's going to make you all better Catholics. Father, explain the million. You have a, talked about several times about getting a million members. Explain that. It's beautiful. Yeah. So in Leviticus chapter 26, verse 8, it's the inerrant word of God. The Holy Ghost told Leviticus, if there's five of you, you will take down a hundred. If there's a hundred of you, well, you will take down 10,000 and they will fall by the edge of the sword. So that's basically mathematics. And that's saying it only takes a few good guys to fight this revolution. So it's just simple fractional math. You take five and a hundred, divide them both by five. You get one colon 20. Then you have a hundred and 10,000. You divide those by a hundred. What do you get? One colon 100. What just happened? That's called exponential growth. That means the more good guys that started fighting the enemy, the more that they're going to take down per guy who's good. And so you just take fractional math. You take 7 billion people, you put that as the denominator, and you put an X, and you take this, this curve, you get about a million people. So I don't know what the number is. God knows. But God has a preordained number of people in 2023, 2024, you know, 2025, they need to rise up and defend the rights of God. And once we get to that preordained number, then the whole revolution just has civil war and it falls apart. Game over. And guess what? We're being the best Catholics we can be. Because that's what this devotion wants us to do, is to prepare for the best gift we can all have. What is that? St. Thomas said, it's the beatific vision. So this, Jesus said, it seems like could be one of the last devotions given to the Holy Catholic Church. And it would make sense, if we're getting closer to the end times, that this a devotion would prepare us to see the face of God. Wow. That's mm -hmm. the devotion. Wow, that's right. Faith. Joel, at the break, you were talking about um, some of the promises. Let's go over that with Father. Yeah. That'd be great, Father. Yeah, go go over those promises. I think it's a nine, right, Father? Nine promises with the holy face. Yeah, there's nine. Yeah, there's nine. So the first one, they shall receive themselves by the impression of my humanity, of right irradiation of my divinity, and shall be so illuminated by it in their inmost souls that by their likeness to my face they shall shine with a brightness, listen to this, surpassing that of many others in eternal life. So if you're competitive, this devotion is for you because he's basically saying, and this comes from St. Gertrude in a book called The Insinuations, that those people who are devoted to the holy face of God, their reward, well, their faces are going to shine brighter in heaven than people that weren't. Well, that's nice. Mm -hmm. The next one, 
Saint Mactilde having asked our Lord that those who celebrate the memory of his sweet face should never be deprived of his annual company, he replied, not one of them shall be separated from me. So people that are truly devoted to the Holy Face, you know, you've heard of true devotion to Mary. Right. So people are truly devoted to Jesus and the Holy Face, this is a promise of final perseverance, which we can never merit. So we that want to, that are called by God to do this devotion, we have to have an authentic devotion to the face of Jesus. And then we're going to go to heaven. That's confidence and it's hope. It's not the extreme of hope, which is not a virtue, but a vice. And that's called presumption on one side and despair on the other. So this devotion has brought a lot of people into the center of hope and away from those two extremes. Because some people have a thing called bitter zeal where they're great. They want to stand for God's church, but it's to a point that they become angry and bitter and they start to lose virtue and they lose gentleness and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What's the next promise, Father? So the third one is something about how Jesus will imprint his divine likeness on souls who honor his most holy continent. Wow. Wow. So the virtue of reproducing the likeness of God and the souls that are applied to it. So basically that's the interior life. Like St. Catherine of Siena, she was so high in the interior life that when she would walk around the city, there would need to be seven priests present because when people saw her face, they wanted to go to confession. Hmm. So you needed seven priests to walk around with her because she was so filled with God. And that's what this devotion does. And the fourth one, by my holy face, you will work miracles. So... There's a, a boy that went to one of my low masses at the beginning of this year. And at the prayers of the low mass, so the St. Michael prayer, he saw angels all over the, the nave of the church, thousands of them. And there was one between him and his brother, and he tried to touch it, but his hand went through it. And then when I left the sanctuary, went to the sacristy, they, they disappeared. So he's 12 years old. He's the son of a Marine. He's like a no-nonsense boy. He's an altar server. And that night, he had two bites of his dinner, and he went in his room because he was so excited. He, he just couldn't eat. And he, had, he has a great appetite as a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> so the fifth one basically is about there will be many sinners who will convert. You will attain the conversion of many sinners. So I have yet to see this one uh, happen because I have great a great desire to see the whole city of Wichita converted after our procession. And I walk around this city all the time praying the rosary for that. So, But there was some experiences. I, I've just been reading lately. There was a lot of conversions with people who are devoted to this. Mm-hmm. And then there's a sixth promise about, he talks about the effigy of a coin has the king on it. Right. And you can you can buy things at the market. Well, this devotion has the effigy of the holy face of Jesus, and you can give it to God the Father, and you can purchase many uh, spiritual uh, fruits for that. Wow. And the seventh one 
is those who are devoted to this holy face, when they practice devotion, it's as if they're practicing it right alongside the Veronica. And that is very similar to the Mass because when people go to Mass, we know the theology. It's as if we're at Calvary. We're receiving the graces as if we're the foot of the sure. cross yep. next mm-hmm. to Our Lady. So when people practice this, they're like the great Veronica who broke through the mob to console the face of Jesus. And then the eighth one, Jesus said, I will repent therein my image and render it as beautiful as it was on leaving the baptismal font. So there's a lot in there, but have you ever heard of St. Aloysius Gonzaga or St. Dominic Savio? Mm -hmm. These were young saints that were innocent. It is said in their hagiographies, they never committed a mortal sin. So they had that baptismal innocence. And so it's saying when we're devoted to this, we can in some way mystically arrive back at that innocence at our baptisms, which is a great gift because there's high places in heaven for people that die with that in their soul. And then the last one, Jesus said that those who who say these prayers, I will defend them before my father at their death, He will purify their souls by facing all the blots of sin and will restore to them their primitive beauty. So that's the ninth promise. I want that. And I hope I want that. that. Listeners want it too. (laughs) Holy cow. Father, we've got about 60 seconds left. And um, I know you want to tell us uh, how to, and I think we ought to get it on our website, our KCRD website, and maybe in the magazine, uh, Becky the uh, enrollment form for the ArchCon fraternity. You've got it on your yeah. website. How do we get a hold of you? What's your uh, media numbers and uh, locations? Yeah, so go to, you search the League of St. Martin, and you'll find us. And the website is martinians.org, M-A-R-T-I-N-I-A-N-S.org. And we have a tab called Ecclesiastical Enrollments. So we have one for the Holy Face and one for the Rosary. And the form self-explanatory. It's in French, but we have English subtitles for people. Mm-hmm. All right. Father, this has been just amazing. Father Lawrence Carney over in Wichita, Kansas. We're talking about the Holy Face devotion. And uh, before we break off, Father, would you please give us your blessing? Absolutely. In nomine Patris et Filii Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sit nomen nomen invictum et exocnu perusque in seculum, domine exati ratsin meum, et clamor meus atevenia, dominus fobiscum, et benedictio omnipotentis, patris et filii, spiritus santi, shinit super vos et mani et semper. Amen. 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 Thank you very much, Father Lawrence Carney. Tune in again next week on FM 98.3 for the chatter. We love you.